I love this time of year. It's a time for reflection and a time for paying attention, a time for grief and a time for love. As the world outside here in the Northern Hemisphere begins to die and go underground and in some places even freeze, we can think about what is dying and needs release in our own lives. We can also think about with honor and gratitude, the goodness and the graces of the past year. And we can think about that which needs rebirth. My name is Eileen Campbell-Reed, and I wanna welcome you to this special edition of Three Minute Ministry Mentor Podcast. On this Advent edition, I'm gonna share three Advent reflections with you. Things that I've written and which I love and I want to give you a little background about each one. But first of all, I'm just going to dive into the very first blog post I ever wrote and read it to you today. It is called Be Present to This Moment. I first learned the word Advent, not as a season, but as a description of small cardboard calendars that my parents brought home from Europe. Each year following Thanksgiving, we unpacked them from musty decoration boxes and my brother and I would open one tiny door each day leading up to Christmas. Behind the doors were little scenes from the nativity story. Mary on a donkey, sheep and shepherds, Joseph, knocking at the inn. We never wanted to miss out on seeing what was behind each door or taking our turn to open. Such curiosity and attention is a beautiful human gift. A desire to know what is next helps us organize our worlds. Yet giving total attention to the next thing can prevent us from living fully in the present moment. Preoccupations with exciting or dreadful future stories or mindless ruminating on past pleasures or regrets, that's easy. It's much harder to be fully focused on the moment right in front of us, to listen and speak into that moment as if there were no other. To listen and speak in the moment fully present to it is the call of Advent waiting. To open just one little door to see whatever is there for today, to notice it fully. Occasionally we find courage to be present in a way that actually does a work of deep change in us. Some time ago I had such a moment the only way that it happened was in my complete and utter presence to that moment. It was scary. My heart was beating loudly enough I thought surely others might hear it. I spoke honestly about myself. I didn't know where it might go. But when I took a risk, grace opened up. I was more myself. I was heard. I was stunned by the profound presence of God. Something new was born in me. 
and I came away with a surprising mantra on my lips. Be present to this moment. Be present to this moment. In the days that followed, that mantra tugged at me like a two-year-old at my shirt sleeves. Be present to this moment. These words helped me resist clinging to past or future. Instead, I was able without reservation to open each small door set before me, to look with loving attention, to listen, to speak, and the new thing in me keeps coming to life. Holy God, may we never miss out on seeing what is behind each tiny door or taking our turn to open. That Advent reflection was written first as a devotion for the Church of My Childhood and Youth, Cumberland Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. That church doesn't exist as a standalone church any longer, which is its own kind of grief for me. But it's also a place when I think about it that gives me a great deal of joy in my memories of it. It's the place where I got married it's the place where I was baptized as a child. It's the place where I was ordained. So we have moments of the past that can capture us. We also have moments of the future which can capture us in similar ways. But when I wrote this post, I was trying to capture the kind of moment where we're fully present to what's right in front of us. And that is one of the gifts of Advent. I want to share a second reflection with you about Advent today. It is called, I am wide awake. Wide awake. I am wide awake standing at the top of a six foot stepladder about to fall off backwards, on purpose. I take one more quick look over my shoulder. Six middle and high schoolers and one adult are all that stand between me and the hard November ground. I suck in my breath and I feel sick writhing in my stomach. A hot chill runs over me. Panic rises. I push it down. This is fear in its most elemental form. I look around for a restroom. None up here six feet above the ground. I wonder if I'll soon be six feet under, or at least on my way to the emergency room. Trust games. This moment is an advanced form of trust games. High up the ladder, so to speak. It starts low with Gentle falls backwards. Your partner plants her hands firmly on your back, catches you and stands you back up. Then you swap roles. Trust is built this way. Soon you advance to greater risk. You stand arms crossed over chest, muscles taut and eyes closed in a circle of trust. 
Begin by falling backwards and then hands support you on every side, gently rolling you around the circle. Then come the real falls. This other stuff was nothing. So you fall to your knees or sit down hard. Who cares? But falling all the way backwards to be lowered to the ground, that is a bigger test of trust. And then comes the ladder, falling from the very top. Truth be told, I don't trust them. Too much can go wrong. Something at a cellular level objects. Not safe. All wrong. Get down. Although the messages are not so much in words as they are mostly embodied feelings of fear and panic that just say with every fiber of my being, no. Looking back in time at this up in the air moment, I can see a truth about my own life of faith. Believing I can trust, believing I will be caught when I take a risk, believing I am loved, these are my work of faith. They continue to be my work of faith. With you two, I can say, it's not if I believe in love, but if love believes in me. Oh, believe in me. And with the psalmist, I can say, how long I had stood within the house of fear, yearning to enter the gates of love. It is not warring nations that I fear, but the war within my own heart to believe. Can I trust? Will I be caught when I take a risk? Am I loved? Oh, that I might join those who have faced their fears and enter the gates of the temple with joy and thanksgiving. So standing atop the ladder, high as Yahweh's mountain, I squeeze my eyes shut, cross my arms over my chest, and tighten every muscle in my body. I hesitate, and then I fall. Into a moment of surrender, the community of faith reaches up, and they catch me, they usher me, into the gates of peace and lower me to the soft brown November grass. They persuade me to stay awake and to know that I am loved. This is the Advent journey. Awake, dear travelers. Face your fears and know that you are loved. This was a true story about my days as a youth minister and children's minister at a church in Georgia. And those feelings of embodied fear and trust, falling and wondering, can I, will I be caught? They really do capture the kind of true dilemmas that many people face in our lives of relationship and faithfulness. 
And it was a wonderful moment for me to give myself over to trust, even through the terrible fear that I felt standing so high up in the air. I hope there are moments in Advent where you find yourself taking a risk and facing your fear and then being caught in grace and love. The final Advent reflection I want to share with you today is a prayer that I wrote for loss and longing and love because not always are we caught. Sometimes we fall and it really, really hurts. Sometimes we lose that which we love and the grief is overwhelming. Sometimes life and loss and longing and love are more than our words can contain. Through these challenging days, only a prayer of silence is enough because the deep peace of silence is all that can hold life as it happens. So as you face the holiday season ahead, let this prayer, punctuated by silence, help you hold and carry the fullness and emptiness of life. Here is the prayer. For all the holiday traditions that don't work anymore. For the loss of direction. For all the moments you laughed until you cried. For the words you could not say. For all the looks you longed to give. Deep peace of the running wave to you. For the system stuck, broken, and doing more harm than good. For the breath and life that came to an end in your circle this year. For all the hugs you could not give. For every love lost. For every new longing of desire. For songs you ache to sing while lost in an endless crowd deep peace of the flowing air to you. For work that fills the hours of your day, for trips untaken, for shorter days and darker nights closing in around you, for stunted growth, seeds unplanted, and even the wild new sprouts, deep peace of the quiet earth to you. For messages unsent, for lives unlived, for dreams unremembered, for futures unimagined. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. For nights without sleep, for tests taken and failed and passed and forgotten, for disappointments and tears and rants and clenched jaws, for long evenings spent waiting for someone to come home. Deep peace of the gentle night to you. For justice denied, for clemency granted, for everyone sitting alone in prison, for everyone sitting alone at home, for everyone sitting alone surrounded by family and food, moon and stars, Pour their healing light on you. For every hope that sustains you, for every love you have ever known, 
for every tiny flicker of joy, for every candle glowing in hope. Deep peace of Christ, the light of the world, to you. Deep peace of Christ, to you. This prayer came to me as I was circling through a number of griefs and losses, and it has already found a home in a number of worship services among friends and fellow ministers. And I hope that it might capture for you some of this year's moments of both grief and loss, and also interwoven with moments of grace and joy. Friends, I wish you blessing and peace as you navigate this Advent season.